Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Ha from Twickenham. Um, it's been yet another weekend with not a drop of rain anywhere, as far as I can tell. So we've got plenty more cricket to talk about. I can't remember too many seasons where we've had six weeks where every fixture has been completed, which is uh, which is brilliant. But it does give us plenty of subject matter to deal with. So as ever, I'm joined by Sal Manali from North London. Sal, how are you? Good evening, Danny. I'm enjoying this nice weather we're going to be expecting this week. Today, it looks like it's the start of another fantastic week. So, yeah. And as the Oracle that is the Daily Star's weather forecast spoken, are we going to, is this going to continue? Well, if you saw today's front page, you'd see straight away it's going to be happening. It's going to be taking place. The heat wave is coming. Heat so wave be ready. Is coming. Mark, Royal Ascot this week in this hood. I, yeah. I, for those in Ottawa, I live in Ascot. So, yeah, yeah. What, what, a, what a time to have a heat wave with, uh, with that going on. So, all. Good. Were you standing at the weekend, Sal? Did you have a game? No, I had a weekend off. I was away this weekend um, for a friend's birthday. We went to the South Coast for a, a bit of a lads trip. So just got back today. So it's all good. So you probably took your four iPads, three laptops oh, and everything. Technology is amazing. I mean, you do it and you go, well, it's exactly the same as you had my phone on. Um, you know, checking the results via live scores, well, that Paul has on the website, YouTube links, everything. It's amazing. It's so good. So I actually use it as a tactic to get sent out the house because if I put three different devices on the TV, the laptop, the iPad, then the missus will inevitably say, just go, you, you know, you know, you see it. Oh, all right, then. See you. So, so you know, jet right off to the green to watch a bit of cricket there. So, so yeah, I, I was doing much the same thing. Um, we're also joined by, um, by uh, I guess, from Harrowtown, um, Harrowtown skipper, Aravind Nagaharan. And um, Aravind's leading Harrow pretty successfully at the moment. This season played six. One six out of right? Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good season so far without rains and and all the results going our way. Yeah, Touchwood it continues. I mean, it it is a phenomenal start to the campaign. We'll hear more about that in due course. Um, Sal, I was going to start off very quickly. There were there were two things that came up last week that I I think probably deserve to be cleared up. Both of them are, are for the cricket badgers amongst us and um it would appear that, that that sad though you and i are sal there are plenty of people out there who are even sadder than us which may seem hard to believe but um but there are because one of the things i raised last week um, or you raised last week really was about um the very location of harrow town's ground and um uh, um we all know those of us who've been there it's really close to rainers lane underground station which is really useful if you're trying to get there via public transport but you asked were there any other grounds in Middlesex that were nearer to a to a station than, than Harrow Town and we, we we sort of metaphorically scratched our heads and didn't really get anywhere because it, it really is just a big six it away um Aravind I don't know if you can think of any any grounds that rival yours in terms of being close to an underground station Probably we would be up there at number one or two, if not, but pretty close. It's one big six away. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Or, or you know, um, four or five sixes for, for someone like <laughs> me. But, uh, but yeah, I, you, you're spot on. Um, now, I was really struggling. I mean, there's, a, there's probably Strawberry Hills about 400 metres from Twickenham, but that's that's nowhere. That's not in the in the story compared to how close Rainers Lane is. Well, Jamie Lark from Old Eyes of Worthians got in touch and... Um, he came up with a couple of suggestions. He, he'd been uh, scoring for old eyes at Nordwick Park um, and he, he wanted to, you know, to throw them into the mix because he, he said that they're very close to the Metropolitan Line and he even sent me a picture illustrating this. And I mean, I haven't been out with my tape measure 
um, but it does look pretty similar to um, to the distance that Harrowtown is from from uh, Rainers Lane. So so Northwick Park's in the game, Sal, and there's another one, Friends United as well. Uh, Jamie Lark had, had been there, and um, they are very close to South Kenton. I think it depends a little bit on which pitch Friends United get allocated on a given weekend as to how close they are to, to South Kenton Station. But if anyone out there has played on those grounds and, can, and has played at Harrow Town and can advise, then we are, as ever, um, all ears. So, so yeah, we, we may get further correspondence on that, but I thought it was quite intriguing um, to, to get that information in. The second thing that came up, and this was because of your travels, Sal, um, over to the Netherlands last week, and, of course, England play... Uh, the Netherlands later this week, right? Even though, of course, right in the middle of a fantastic test match at the moment against New Zealand. But apparently we play the Netherlands later in, in, the, in the week. At um, Do we play at Amstelveen later in the week? Yeah, you know? yeah it's fr- first game of Friday. Um, so I think they went out yep. today, the, the squad, so they've been getting some practice in. And yeah, the first game starts Friday. I think the three-day, three-game series, like, similar to what um, West Indies had. Oh, that's quite interesting then. So nobody's playing in the test match today is in that squad? Completely different squad. Okay, well, that- does make a bit of sense. I, I didn't completely, I wasn't completely aware of that. Anyway, Amstelveen has a tree in the outfield. Now, I don't know if the tree will be there um, on Friday. I suspect it probably won't be. But certainly there's been first-class cricket played at Amstelveen with that tree in the outfield. And I asked um, folks if they could name any of the other three, because there's four uh, grounds in the history of the game, where there's been a tree in the outfield uh, when a first-class match has been taking place. Um Canterbury is probably most well known um, that that had a, a very you know very sort of large tree for until very recently, um, so that's that's one. The 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 other um, in the UK now I'd be pretty um, damn impressed if if, if anybody uh, um, got got this. It's a place called Lydney in Gloucestershire. Uh, I, I don't I know Lydney a little bit. They play in the Marches League. I've never played there, but um, I mean if anybody can pull that one out of the bag from probably 40, 50 years ago, then that then they are, that's a level of badgerdom that he, I, I can get nowhere near. But Lydney's the only other one in the United Kingdom uh, where the, the, the outfield's got a tree in it. And finally, Peter Maritzburg in South Africa has had first-class cricket played in it. And I, I would have thought a few people who play in Middlesex have probably played at that ground, actually. I, I can certainly name two people who played at that ground who played in the county league. So they are the four. Um, if anybody was losing sleep over those things, over the over the past seven days, I suspect nobody was, but I'm gonna. I thought I'd mentioned it back then, so I'll mention it again. No, um, enough of such things. I'll bring us back to the world of sanity. The Premier League. What's been going on? What do we need to know? So, time format's kicked into into the league now, and um, some interesting games. There were a couple of wins and three draws that took place in uh, in, uh, in the time format. Um, Tenenbaum back on top. That's the main headline. Um, comfortable win against Hornsey. All at one point, it wasn't looking so good for them when the sort of first few hours in the game took place. Uh, they were, I think they were five for two at one point, it looks like. And they do have a fantastic player in Abhishek Jindrawala. You know, we, we sing his praises almost week in, week out, don't we? In, in when it comes to the rounds in the Premier League, he stepped up again and smashed a brilliant 145, um, which enabled that um, Alistair Pollock side Kellen to, to get to, uh, you, know, um, you know, I'm sure they were very confident in defending it, and it turned out to be the case when they declared off 55 overs as well. So, you know, Quite early into the game, really, when you're considering you can bat at least six if you want to to make it an even game. Um, and that, that's they so they end up 2 8 2 for four, 55 overs. Jindrawal, as I said, was the man who took 145 runs. And then Hornsey 1 for 8 all out. So Hornsey, unfortunately, are still without a win after the first six games of the season. Um, 
and again, it's, it's, it's only ways up really, isn't it, from here for them. Um, similar to sort of Finchley's run last year when they started off with a similar kind of run where they couldn't win any game. So I'm thinking Hornsey will not want to be thinking in the same vein as Finch team when they're going to get their first win. Um, it's it, tough though, isn't it? Once you get into that groove, it's yeah. really hard to, to pull it together. I mean, I, I suppose they're playing Hampstead this week, which, I mean, Hampstead are a good side, but they are eighth. They, you know, they, 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 they are struggling a little bit. So, so maybe Saturday's an opportunity for them. Yeah, I mean, in, 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 but on the flip side, I know you guys played them, we'll come to that later on. Hampstead were missing this weekend. Um, two of their probably stronger bats in Callum Jackson and Sam Smyron. If they come back into the side against Hornsey, then the, the bats will be bolstered. Again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new format, 120 overs, 120 overs. You're not playing 100, you've got another 20 overs to accommodate into your, into your thinking as a side. So, you know, as I said, Tellington, past masters, you know, been through this, been in this format for a long, long time. It's Hornsey, again, Justin, how do you pace your innings? How do you pace... Bowler's workload, I suppose. You know, what's the competitive score to declare if they do that first? All these things need to come into consideration when they have this little new new format to deal with. So, um, but you know, they, they've got some season cricketers. They've got some good club players there. I'm sure won't be giving up the ghost, and they'll be you know battling on and being as competitive as they can as the season continues. Yeah, well, you've got no other choice in the end of you. You know, you've got to keep plugging away. They worked hard to gain promotion last year. Um, you just got to knuckle down, and when your opportunities come, take them. Because I remember when Twickenham first went up into the Premier League, we, we were told, and it was good advice by James Keatley, actually, in Teddington, there's going to be some weeks where you just get pasted. You're just going to have to take a deep breath and deal with that. But you need to win five games. Back then, it was the old format, so there was, it was, there was no limited overs cricket. You need to win five games. When you get those opportunities, you've got to make sure you take them. Otherwise you know, you're not going to go anywhere. So, you know, taking the strains part of it, um, uh, I guess. And of course, you know, they're not, they're not down yet. There are other sides who, who are struggling down there a little bit. And we're, we're one of them. And, and I guess the Twickenham-Hampstead game was, was quite an interesting one, right? I mean, you'll, you'll be looking back and thinking, not how it slipped away, but you've had a few games here where you've been in, in, in the driving seat and almost got over the victory line and sort of not got, you know, not got there in the end. I mean, Hampstead 45 for six, tracing your total 239. Um, ben Lockrose is more used to being making the headlines of the ball rather than the bat. Scored 69 not out, and Ollie Grayson also 62 not out. So those two kind of put the rear guard action into place and defied you guys winning and getting all the 12 points because you batted first. Um, I'm pleasing to see that you've got three guys making the 50. Ethan Wright, Don, Manuel G, and Never Talbot again uh, scored a good, good, good 50. So the runs are flowing. The bowling's been your strong point this season, hasn't it, really, on the whole? Yeah. So I'm sure Carlos will be happy that you've got guys in our score and runs in some form. So it could just be a matter of time when you get that win that you has been eluding you since. Is it week one? Did you win week one? Uh, no, you lost ten. Uh, week two, week two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's lots of positive, isn't there? And again, Hampstead competitive side. You know, they they beat um, last week. They beat Tenton. So they've shown on their day they can beat anyone and could as anyone in, in their division. Yeah. And as I said, you know, the fact they've got two guys, you know, who who, who were able to bat for a long period of time, get their very good attack, um, and took their side to 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 a draw. And they ended on one seven six six. Yeah, it was a proper game, Sal. It was a proper game of cricket. I watched a fair bit of it on uh, online, and um, but the three batters you, you name checked there, who all got fifties, they batted um, a fair bit of time. They did, and, and this includes Neville Tolbert, who, who's not not known for that really. He likes to whack a cricket ball, but they all batted quite a long time. They dug in two three eight was never uh, uh, never an uncompetitive score. We always knew we were in a chance. The slight irony for us is that you know when, when Amsterdam forty five for six. 
Monty Panasar's just starting a spell and you've got 30 overs left in the game, sort of back yourself to win the game, really. But um, they batted superbly, uh, um, the, the, the two Hampstead guys, and, and, and they thoroughly deserved the draw in the end. It's just a little bit frustrating, as you say, because what have I just said? When the chances come along, you've got to take them. And, you know, five points is nice, but 12 points would have been better. But, you know, it's better than losing, isn't it? That's one, one way to look at it. And, um, and we're certainly, you know, not unconfident that things are going to keep improving as, as we move through this, this, this sort of all-day format. So I think it suits us. Suits us a bit better, and it probably suits Stanmore reasonably well as well. They're still second, right? Yeah. So I mean, Richmond picked up the large share of the points with a winning draw, um, and they they seem to Lots have of runs. They again, mm-hmm. Richmond are side to back when it comes to scoring heavily, and they did so Saturday, three three one they made, and without they had this um, situation where Greg Keane original opener was in, was I think ill, and they had promoted Julius Morawa, who's you know taken the uh, both hands as they say and smashed. I think two centuries and looks to be a fantastic player, but he was away. He's away to speak of Jersey. I think. I think he's away for the next ten days, wow. along, with Jake, okay. along with Jake Dunford. They're in Uganda playing some kind of ICC um, qualifying kind of scenario, league taking place okay. or format. So he's away. I think at least whenever Saturday, along with Jake um, Dunford, who keeps them. So Greg King back in the open slot, and what's he going to do? Scores 146. Scored his first league time. <laughs> um, ex-captain of the side when he won the league a few years back. So well done, Greg. Um, delighted. So I'm sure Rolf Lips is quite happy. He's got somebody who can step back into the ranks and you know almost emulate, if not better, the, the last guy who was in the hot seat. So, um, yeah, 3 3 one And Peter into a draw, though, in the end. I said, win draw for Richmond. Steve Ryan, golf for Stan. Moscow 106, not out, as they ended up on 2-1-6-5. So, um, there is some, as you can say... Um, Sort of interesting cricket in terms of like you know really sort of riveting stuff like you mentioned your game maybe this game is probably slightly different in regards to how it sort of sort of faded away into a win and draw for Richmond I'm sure there was a few overs at the end which are probably pretty um, not say dull but maybe I think the result was kind of maybe established with a few overs left in the game but that's the cricket yeah. for you. you know that's the format is yeah and you know if you can't win don't lose in this this format of the game that's part of it uh, and and you know no one can can knock stand more for that that's that's for sure. Um, Looking elsewhere in the Prem, I mean, one of the strongest sides, and we say this year in, year out, one of the title favourites. They were won it in the past. North Middlesex. Yeah, they got... absolutely walloped, didn't they? I mean, yeah. What on earth happened there? I mean, one, I think they had some players out. Um, let's not, you know, yep. come away from that. They did have some, you know, big names out who weren't available this weekend. It sort of showed in the, in the, in the selection of the side they put out. Um, but again, the, um, you know, Shepard's Bush, you keep mentioning, you know, as much as we make Junjun Walla have good about you, you always keep mentioning how dangerous side Bush are. And, and, and then he highlights out Saturday, 307 for eight. James Billington, the overseas players, come over from, I think, Western Australia. Um, first century in the league, 109. And then um, Ali Easton, an off spinner, who's been around a while, good all rounder, actually, very good bat as well. Sort of comes in, sort of down the order and can hit quick runs. Um, took five for 19 and North Middle at 115. So that's a bit of a beat in 192 runs. So. Again, it just shows this division how competitive it is. You know, you've got a side North Mid who, 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 a person who scores in the round from, from weeks one to six or one to five almost, and then one fifteen all out. You know, and so Bush again. We will now be hoping can they get some consistency in their in their play? You know, the winning games, losing games, winning games. The plan is now can they? You know, and they've got you guys next to get under green from what yeah. I see. <laughs> I'm thinking, hope um, not. So can they can they get a running games going and sort? Of, Ease up, you know, to push up that table because, as we said, it's a long way to go. We're only a third of the season, aren't we? Um, so it's interesting how it's going to develop as the weeks go on. Yep, 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the last game in the division was um, was another draw, right? Yeah. Between Craig Chen and Ealing this time. This was probably more akin to the game you mentioned, perhaps at Twickenham, whereas, um, you know, we spoke about um, Tenton being down early on and you guys um, having Hampson's 45 for 6 for Cratchit and were really struggling at 137 for 8 at one point, uh, you know, looking at maybe under 150 all out, which would have been, you know, more than happy for reading and Christian Martin inside. But then Pratik Patel, um, you know, really solid Premier Division, Premier League sort of cricket all round, 101 not out, um, got some good support from Maps, Karana. Um, so they end up on 2, 4, 5, 4, 8, or 66. Ollie Wilkin, who's now batting number five, so we're changing in his batting position um, from normal, scored 91, and I'm sure with him at the crease, a win was, you know, in, in their minds. But with his wicket falling, sort of crouching, he's, you know, found himself back in the game. Um, as expected, there was quite a few overs of spin bold, and in the end, he didn't end up 206 for eight. So, winning draw for Crouch End. But he didn't be happy where they, I'm sure it's been maybe, maybe especially last season, that would be the kind of game where they maybe just sort of fell away and been bowled out. Um, whereas now they've got, you know, some sort of depth in their batting and, and were able to sort of stick around at the end and, and get to 206 for eight. Which sets up that year, meetings, game against 10 next week, the older, you know, arch rivals. Been going toe to toe in the league for countless years now, um, mm. and it's always a bit of edge in this game. So Ealing will be hosting Tellington. I'm sure we're looking to get one over them and you know see them topple as league leaders. Well, if Ealing can can win, then I I do think that the the league starts slowly to to concertina back together because this thing stands heading the top nine points clear of Stanmore and ten points clear of North Mid. And they're, um, I think I'm right saying, 16 points clear of Ealing. So if, if Ealing can, can win that one, then I think that does that does make us think that it's going to be a bit closer than we perhaps feared because Teddington will have lost twice. Yeah. Um, and there'll be a number of sides will be eyeing up their their slot there. So I think that is quite an interesting game to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, um, it could have like broader um, broader ramifications. I was going to say, Aravind, have you, have you played against too many of these sides? Obviously, you're playing yourself on Saturday, so you, you, you're not going to be able to watch as much as Sal and I are able to have done of late. But well, what are your impressions of what you've seen from the Premier League? Uh, I think it's, it's very interesting. Uh, I think the application being shown there in Prem is, is quite quite very remarkable there. Three out of five games, despite being 120 overs, ending up in draws. Whereas if you look at the other 15 games in Div 1, 2 and 3, we had one draw. So it's just fascinating to see that teams are not willing to lose. If you're not in the game, draw it. Don't give the other team that 10 points because it might come and hurt you in the end. So it's it's just fantastic fantastic to see those applications being shown. Um, I've fortunately played against a couple in cup games and so on, but not against everyone. But these names are pretty common in our circuit. There are a lot of times where we are playing in one ground, they are playing in a nearby ground. So if our games get over, we go and watch them. So... Pretty pretty interesting, uh, I guess. The, the table is, is set up really well. There's there's a lot of teams quite close to each other. There's no one who's running away. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think that's really interesting, actually. I haven't picked up that there have been um, so many draws in the Prem but not so many lower down. One, what, one thing I think teams switch on to quickly is the need to bat a long time. And 120 overs is only 20 overs more than what we'd normally play. But it makes a difference. And particularly when you can bat 66 um, and, and certainly, you know, some of the players who got runs this week, I mean, in my club in Twickenham, that, that two of those three definitely are players who don't score particularly quickly compared to some, um, but they bat a long time and it, it, it can make a big difference. Especially when you're 45 for six, on. 20 more overs is a long way. So, yeah. Yeah, and those guys were never getting out. Let's yeah. be honest about it. You know, I don't care how many test wickets Monty's got, they, he was not getting them out and they were batting really well and, um, and, and every respect to them for, um, for, for doing that. 
Sal, did one. Um, we've got a bit of a runaway leader there, haven't we? Bronsbury doing well. Bronsbury are flying. You know, we've got, we're going to come to you yeah. know, our team in a minute, who a similar record in terms of having a perfect start. But, I mean, you know, acting a side who's been sort of touted as a potential promotion challenger would have been a stern test for them on paper. But wasn't the case when it came to actually playing the game on, on, on the wicket, you know. Um, Acton beaten by seven wickets. Um, Adam Copley, who's a very good bowler, bronze to be the recruit this season, took five for 29. Um, Sahil, Sahil Kerr, you know, our fellow media man, as we call him, um, scored 59, but nowhere near enough runs. And James Dover, the captain, they decided to a comfortable win, scoring 63 not out. So they now have a 16-point lead going into um, week seven. Hmm. And they're just ahead of Harrison Marys, aren't they? Who got home against Barnes. But I mean, I spoke to Alex Scott, the Barnes skipper, um, earlier today, and uh, yeah, he he was he was not best pleased with his batters. He felt that they they basically chucked it away, chasing uh, one five three. I mean, it wasn't I don't think a motorway to bat on, but um, he was pretty disappointed that um, that the Barnes couldn't couldn't get up to Harrison Marys's total. But they're second now, and that they're, they're beginning to find a little bit of form um, just ahead of uh, North London in third. Things. Looking okay, even though you guys have not really hit your straps completely yet, have you either? Yeah, so we're in that sort of clutch of group of sides who are trying to keep on the tail to Bronsby somehow or another. Um, yeah, low-scoring game. Um, I mean, we used that last season, so we've got a good sort of experience of practising defending totals. We haven't really scored enough runs. But, um, yeah, win by 55 runs. Um, Janae Dazar, Wembley's opening bowler, who... I don't know, Shea said to me, he's a, when you look at him, he looks... Oh, his character, you know, I know Jose quite well, yeah. he is a real character. You, yeah. When you look at him, you think he wouldn't get in your fourth eleven, but um, he's actually a very good bowler, um, very skillful, um, uses the ball well, seven, eight yard run up, just ambles in, but he knows where he's pointing that ball, very, you know, very, so at that level, very good cricketer. Um, he, I have a vision of Danae getting to the cot on Saturday, you know, with the music blaring out the car. You know, he is the coolest man in the land. I like him a lot. I think he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. And then he bowls these dibbly, dobbly, 60 mile an hour things yeah. that, that, you know, you think, oh, my goodness. And I guess I guess at, at your place on Saturday, it was probably the right pace for the wicket, wasn't it? Yeah, he's ideal for him. I mean, he had this thing as well. I was watching the game on the stream, as I mentioned earlier. And he kept, every time he took a wicket, he was sort of doing some hacking too. Um, to the cameras, we have the, the frog box. So it wasn't like a rude one, just like a wicket sign or a Wembley sign. It was a W sort of shaped letter. So he, he's enjoying that, he was. Um, so yeah, so he, he was instrumental in taking us to 102 for eight, and he looked pretty bad at that point. But something we've mentioned in the past is we have some resilience in our batting. We do bat down. Um, and I think one of the things that Will Jones said to me in the week again, what, what they said to the guys was, you know, ugly runs, ugly runs count as many as. It's good runs to do, you know, so let's get ugly runs if we have to. And that's what we did in the end. And we made to chip away and got to 1-5-4. Ali Backer's grandson's joined us this season, a young kid called Jaron, um, mainly an off-spinner, mm-hmm. but he's a, he's a useful, he's a very young, very enthusiastic cricketer. His 36 not out on debut was fantastic. You know, crucial innings helped us take to get to 1-5-4. Um, and I think you put on 44 for the last wicket. Yeah, is that yeah, right? Something yeah, like so, that. That's a serious contribution. I mean, Tom, Tom Clegg must be most... Un- you know, his average in the batting eleven must be pretty high for him. I need to check it out one day and get back to you about that. But yeah, he's another cricket we've had at our club for a few years. He's worked really hard on his batting. Um, very conscientious cricketer, really thinks about his game a lot. Um, and again, yeah, coming at number 11, I think he's called, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 in the end. So crucial, crucial partnership. And then um, the bowlers got to work. You know, Will Jones is slowly getting back to full fitness. Um, he took a couple of wickets. Wembley, 69 for right, 68 for nine. Um, but you know, Junaid's a real competitor. He's not going to go down and die. And he, 
managed to get to 27, and it was getting a bit, I was watching on the phone, it was getting a bit sort of nervy, thinking, okay, how far can he keep going? But um, then Jaheed Ali um, dismissed him. So, yeah, it's a, we're, not, we're not firing as we should be, but we're winning games, which is good. Um, and there are some plus points. Will Jones has come out to full fitness very soon. Um, Jaheed Ali hasn't really scored a, a score yet. Yeah, no, he's, not really, he's not really done too much yet, but we know no. he can. So, yeah, that's, so there's always that in the mind, thinking, is he going to come good and when's he going to come good? And if he does come good, it will, how, how good will he come? So, you know, we'll see we'll get a big 100 for hopefully. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy. We're happy with where we are in the table. It's, 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 you know, coming into the division above, you always want to sort of consolidate. We've done that, and now we're trying to sort of get a run going. We've got Winchmore Hill, Finch, and Barnes in the last three games of round one. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we go in those last three games. Yeah, yeah that, that's an interesting running. I mean, one of those sides, you know, also caught my eye this week because they got beat, and that was Finchley. Um, Finchley started pretty strongly, but they uh, they came a bit of a cropper at Ostley, didn't they? Well, Ostley, that unpredictable, you know, it's like... Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. We speak about it so much, <laughs> time, you know, exactly. You know, if, you, if he's a betting man, you could bet on these kind of games. You'd never bet against Ossie, would you? Because just don't going to turn up. Yeah. And then Kevin Williams, who we spoke about, um, played to West Indies, some ODI stuff. You know, he, he made an impact on Saturday. He sort of turned up, but with the bat rather than the ball. Um, I think he made, I think already, 65 nuts out as they went from 147 to 160 all out. Again, you, you know, look at Finchie's batting. I'm sure they'd be quite confident they could chase that down. Um, but Two wickets for Keswick Williams early on, and then um, Fahim and Baharami, who is also open to bowling, he took 5 for 52 and finished you 1 2 and all that. So, another surprise result, which again, you know, makes that sort of second spot so interesting now because you've got, as I said, a group of sides all vying to tour, you know, be in that position. So, I'm sure there'll be some more ups and, ups and downs as the season progresses, but, you know, it's, it's good to see. Yeah. I was quite interested that Keswick was batting at 8. Now, I know he's a bowler, but. I'd have thought he, he might have been batting a bit higher than that, um, but but I don't know. Maybe the strategy worked. You know, he came in and and, and scored sixty five with the tail. But uh, I do think you know, if he'd come in at four, maybe he'd have scored a few more. But um, what do I know? Yeah, I mean, he batted against us and get many, so I'm not sure how many times he's batted this season. Maybe maybe he's asked about that, Daniel. So I don't know. It could be a case where he, he's yeah. biding his time. Yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, um, and the big derby, the big North London derby, was at uh, Enfield against Winchmore Hill, and the Hill came out on top pretty convincingly there, right? Yeah, um, one four five. I mean, Enfield have struggles here with their batting. Um, I mean, their tone says back on Saturday, but he didn't make much of an impact. His brother was actually the one who stood out. Yeah, Tonsil, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Brad says mm-hmm. fifty five, but one four five. Um, yeah, Winchmore on a nice sort of run at the minute, um, picking up some wins and getting some form as they as they as they move along during you know the weeks and. Um, they obviously, that Bay Tip Tipness took five wickets, and then um, Adam Ashok, who's played for Reading, you know, a few years back now, or actually probably up to, up to about two years ago now. Yeah, good cricketer, played a lot of Premier cricket. Um, he's got four check now, and then, so he sure were the ones who had the bragging rights in that sort of local derby. Yep, yep. So I mean, I, I only found this out after we'd recorded last week's pod, but apparently, in the warm-up for Enfield's game in week five, they had no less than four people got injured. Ranging from a ball in the face to a thumb that was 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 smashed to a finger that I, I can't remember all the details of this, but I thought, my goodness me, it really isn't your day when four of your players. And of course, you're saying professional cricket, you can't bring in four people. They've got to play. Um, and yeah, I thought, yeah, life's going, you know, dealing you a bad hand when that sort of thing's happening. Now that was last week, not this week. But um, they'll no doubt be looking to bounce back, Enfield, because they're bottom of the pile at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I mean. Just, just looking at their side, though, you, they need some to step up, don't they? And who's it going to be? I know we've got overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony said he's the obvious, obvious candidate for that kind of stuff. But if he doesn't get runs, 
um, you know, there is a, I'm sure there is a concern about who's going to sort of step up and, and take that job on and get to at least the total they can defend or chase down a total that's, you know, looks a bit of a challenging one. Yep. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair comment. They travelled to Finchley this week, who, who themselves will be looking to bounce back after that defeat at Osterley. So I don't think it's going to get too much easier for them. Um, but, but we shall see. Moving into Division 2. Now, this is this is where I want to get plenty of impact, input from you, Aravind. You're going to know this division uh, better than, than Sal and I do. One thing I do know is that you're winning a lot of games in it. So can you, can you talk to us a little bit about... Harrow Town's development because not only are you played six one six this year, but last year I think I'm right in saying you went the whole season unbeaten in, in Division Three, and of course that led to a promotion. So what, what's the secret of the success? Well, how, how come you're, you're in this fantastically impressive run? That's the million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, last year was also our club's hundredth year, so uh, mm. we we did take a step back and understand cricket section more holistically. So we wanted to figure out where do we want to be in the next three to five years. Um, we bought some uh, like-minded people into the club. Uh, we revamped our cold section, brought in different training practices, protocols, discipline mainly into the cold section, which kind of feed into our senior cricket eventually. Uh, we invested quite a few on our ground and facilities and everything, and it all seemed to pay, pay off last year. We, we hosted MCC. They were kind enough to come and play in our ground, and we also won that game. So everything was, was great last year, and we just, you know, kind of... Uh, took it into this division. Of course, going into this division was slightly different from last division. We we were we knew we were going to play better teams who can execute better plans and have better plans as well. Um, but again, um, if, if you look at this division, so far we've had 11 or 1200s being scored, few five-wicket-alls being taken, but none from our team. So it's completely a team effort. We've not got 100, any of us, or any five-wicket-alls. But we've, we've managed to win those key moments, uh, I guess, in a way, you're 20 minutes away from turning the game around, uh, either with a 20-25 run partnership or picking two wickets. And we just stuck on in, in those key moments. Uh, so it's never about individuals. It's always been that team effort. And uh, I think one major uh, thing I like about the club and the team is we enjoy others' success. So if someone gets a five wicket or a hundred, we are more happy than that person. Um, so and and that started to rub off not just in our ones but in our twos, threes, and fours. When the youngsters see us, it goes into their goals development in their games as well. So there are a lot of good things happening off the field that is kind of reflecting on the field results. Uh, not necessarily like no one's smart enough to make all the right decisions. We have made poor cricketing decisions. We should have batted first or we bowled first. All those things happen, uh, but we just managed to stick around at the right point. Yeah, I mean, I I played at um, played against your threes last year, um, probably July time. I think it was either the week before or the week after you played the MCC. And I have to say, the ground looked fantastic. And I hadn't played at Harrow Town for four or five years. And I thought, you know, someone somewhere has thought about this and they put a bit of money in. And it wasn't just the wicket. You know, it was it was the whole setting looked, looked really uh, looked really good. And, and, and I, I did feel then that, yeah, this this is a club that looks like it's going forward. And, and the sort of model in, in the broader sense is going to be something like Crouch End, right? Crouchend have gone from you know the, the, the I think it was the same division you were in last year right up to the to the Premier League so it, it's it, it's obviously possible to, to really make progress over that five year that five year period. DJ, how, how would you describe your your um, approach to the game then? Because my impression, and it may be completely wrong, is that you play some pretty positive cricket. 
You know, people play, they, they, they see an opportunity to score runs, they're going to take it. Um, and, you know, it might not always work, but generally it strikes me as a really positive attitude to both trying to get people out and scoring runs, not as quickly as you can, but reasonably quickly. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the scores we have put are, are more than 270, 300 a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I think it's a blend of experience and youngsters in the side. Um, we've got a couple of spots in the batting where we have very experienced senior people who can uh, control those key moments, just calm the nerves if a couple of wicket falls. Uh, but then we've got some really talented youngsters coming into the into the club as well who know nothing but putting away the bad balls. Um, and, and, I mean, there are going to be quite a few bad balls in, in this division. It's it's about you waiting for those and, and play off the good ball and you'll get enough to score 100 eventually. Uh, and we, we we kind of back our batting lineup that, hey, even if we are 100 for 5 chasing 250, we have enough firepower to get it. Uh, and, and that kind of just rubs off when teams play against us. It's kind of a chicken and egg problem. When teams play against us, they think, well, 250 is not enough, 300 is needed. Um, right. But when you go too hard, then what is needed, you eventually end up with 160, 170, where 250 could have been enough. Uh, but teams just try and take that extra run or two every over because they think, well, we need more than 250. And, and it works in our favor because if you hold your line, if you stay patient enough, that one bad shot is going to come. Um, and, and having those youngsters in the key fielding spots certainly help. There's been some uh, brilliant catches being taken as well. And, and it's, I mean, if I say anything now, everyone would think, you know, it's, it's oh, it's all true because, you know, we've won 24 or six in a row or whatever. Uh, but it's kind of visible even as an outsider. The, the brand of cricket has changed over the past few years um, and it's just kind of rubbing off on every player now. Well, I noticed it and I only saw you play for four hours or so last season. You know, and, and I thought, yeah, it, it feels positive. It looks positive. And, um, and, and I, I can totally understand why the opposition will be aware of that, particularly, as you say, you know, not just haven't been defeated this season, but, but last season as well. It's, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal record. Although, you went a million miles away last Saturday. That was a close one, right? It was bad shots galore on display. <laughs> I think we, we both the teams tried to outbeat the other in terms of bad shots. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, I was surprised. Yeah, Brentham won the toss uh, and batted first. Um, I was surprised because, I mean, I would have thought, well, the team winning the toss might bowl in this first time game. Um, I think they went a bit too hard. Uh, we bowled well. Um, Harsh is our left-arm spinner. He got four wickets for 35 runs in 19 overs. So he kept one end really tight and they had to go in the other end and kind of, uh, it was just a lot of, uh, you know, bad shots, I guess, in, in the end. We what took happens? it a bit too lightly as well when we we started chasing. Usually when we chase 100, we are 100 for one in 10 overs. Uh, so we took it really lightly. We had a lot of bad shots, but take uh, not to take anything away, they had a left-arm fast bowler, Derek, I think his name is. One of the best spells I've seen of left-arm fast bowling. He bowled 10 12 overs as a fast bowler. It was quite hot that day and humid. He just ran in, kept pulling those outswing, kept testing us and our patience. And yeah, eventually you get you get two fours, you get two wickets as well. And and he got, I think, four wickets very quickly. We were at 40 for four, or maybe 10 for three as well. Um, and we had one batsman called Murad. I think he's 18 years old. He's trying to get into the middle sex on the 19s and all. But the application he showed when he saw all of us get out on the other end, and he, I think, eventually scored 60 out of 120. Um, that kind of just kept us in the game. And we needed 35 to win with two wickets in hand, I think. Um, and we finished it. So it was uh, it was very close, too close for comfort. But glad that 
even on one of our bad days, we could still go home with 10 points. Yeah, that's an impressive, and that's a sign of a good team, right? You take the strain when things don't go your way and somehow you find a way to win. That, and that applies in cricket as it does in football, as it does in most sports, right? You, you can't always play brilliant uh, brilliant cricket. Um, quite interested to comment about the toss there because I get the feeling that the higher you go up to the divisions, the more people win the toss and bat. And I think the logic is that, if you, particularly if you're about 60 overs or even longer, you know, we're amateur cricketers in the end. If you can get somebody out in the sun... Uh, and they've got a field for, for, for three and a half, four hours, um, and they're chasing 300 runs, then respect you if they go and knock them off. Respect you. But I also think people think that ultimately um, scoreboard pressure makes a difference, and that um, uh, some, some of the bowling attacks, I think bowling attacks generally get you promoted, whereas batting lineups will keep you up. Uh, and I think the bowling attacks, as, as, as I go through the division just looking at them, that they're, they're the ones that really define whether a team does well over a season. But, I mean, you, you, you may find it different as you guys progress, but I think more teams will bat the higher you go. I don't know if you see it the same way, Sam. I'm not sure. Is that just me? I mean, it might be different in the Prem and um, the typical blow just due to more overs you might get. I know it's a, it's a different split, similar, yeah, similar, similar kind of split in ratio, but just that making someone feel for 66 overs compared to 55 or 54, it may be a different kind of... Um, Pinkin, but yeah, that's no, an interesting point. I think that I think with, with the new introduction of the extra points in the last sort of three, four years, I'm not sure when it actually started. That's probably given side more of an incentive to back first, so that, that's probably maybe something to do as well. No, I would, I would just kind of in my interpretation of cricket, I would be okay if I'm if I'm feeling first, I'm in control of the game because if if it's a bad day on the field and they end up scoring 300, I need to bat 45, and if I'm in the game at 100 for no loss or something. I could go for the push, but if we 105, 100 for five, then we could shut shop. So we can always control the game. I would think of it that way. And if we bat first, even if we score 300, if we don't get 10 wickets, it's a draw. And, and so, yeah, it's just kind of that balance, I guess, in a way. But I still think a team like Harrow the way you're playing at the moment, you'll win either way. <laughs> or you will, you will be competitive either way. Actually, no, you'll win either way, but you'll be competitive yeah. either way. And certainly, the, the, um, I think it was 2013, we finished second in the Prem. And that, that was before the split. And we had nine wins, uh, seven losses, and two were rained off. No draws whatsoever. And we would always win the toss and bat. <laughs> we would just say, like, 300 runs? Away you go, fellas. Away you go. See if you can get to it. And sometimes they did. And, and sometimes they didn't. But the key thing was, we'd win a game and lose a game. There's more points for that. It's better to do that than to draw two. <laughs> now, maybe that's just the, the quirky way that we viewed it. But, um, but yeah great thing about cricket is there's many ways to play the game yeah, absolutely and I think that was kind of on display against Highgate and Southgate as well I think Highgate batted first and put on 215 and, and Southgate yep. needed 179 it's 175 I think for a winning draw but they ended up at 164 for a 9 so it was it was a very close game and um, maybe a couple of more overs or an early declaration could have changed that yeah I think Highgate batted for 55, didn't they? So the only game sells 45 to bowl Southgate out, which maybe, with the benefit of hindsight, was where the problem lied. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the other teams you played, Aravind. Um, have any of them caught your eye as being ones to keep an eye on? Oh, I think Highgate, Southgate and Brentham. Those were our last three games. Um, I think they were also second, third and fourth in the table. Uh, I think they've got enough firepower, both in batting and bowling department to kind of sustain for that next 18 weeks and give a good run for other clubs' money, um, you know, they're going to be up there. Um, I know with 
with the introduction since the one day format and time format 90 95 points isn't enough for promotion you're probably looking at 110 120 um, so it's and in these sides have that firepower to win a game i think uh, they've shown that in the first five games or first six now um, but there's not a lot of gap which is very interesting the second place team and the sixth team in the table five teams only 10 or 12 points split them so Time games, I guess, is where that changes one game that goes your way and another game that doesn't, and that gap begins to narrow. But I would, I would still back Highgate, Brentham, and Southgate to be up there. Yeah, to be fighting it out. And and um, what what are the other sides that you've played? Because you, you you've probably played some of the sides that are towards the bottom. Have you, have you played um, Middlesex Camels? Yeah, Middlesex Titans. I think you might have played them first game. Didn't yeah, you? Do I MTSSC, Trailfinders, Harrow. I think those were the other three that we also played. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good stuff. Um, Sal, what about the rest of the results in the division? Anything catch your eye there? I mean, I think the game that was maybe the game of the day in that division was the one that Arrowsmith mentioned, Highgate and Southgate. Um, yeah. And it probably was a bit of a chess match, I imagine. You know, Highgate didn't take any risks in batting the full Lotman 55 overs and then um, Southgate fell short of getting the winning draw total. So um, I'm not surprised that game sort of went that way. Ben Donkers, I guess, overseas was 76, and then Danny Brighton took 553. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure... I mean, there was some good news with Jim Carner, though, who, who have won. Um, they are now off the bottom, beating trail finders um, in quite a low-scoring game, actually, um, indebted to their two bowlers side, Akbar and Bupinda Singh, who both did four wickets each. Um, actually, there's an article about Eden trail finders, because um, in our pre-season podcast, Matt Robinson sort of, built them up quite highly and they've not really sort of lived up to expectations. I mean, what's your take on them as a side and as a club as well itself? Uh, train finders, you mean? Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. Sal and I both tipped them promotion and obviously don't listen to us because they, I don't think they're going up. Yeah. Oh, well, they, they did get 145 points last year, still ended up second in the table, but 145 points is a lot. I think they ran, they, they, they did comprehensively beat other teams. I think they've got a great batsman in their captain, Shabazz Mir. I think he scored 200s already this year. And, and and there's also Jack, I think. He's also a fantastic batsman. I think they've got a couple of good spinners as well. Um, it's I'm not sure why they have not been able to convert these talents into more points than what they have got so far. Uh, maybe it's too early in the season. Maybe they haven't peaked yet. Uh, but they are, they are not... I mean, the points table don't do justice to the talent they have, uh, especially to kind of Mears 200s. I think they should be way way higher than where they are. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And and so maybe that the the longer format or the or the the time format could favour them. Maybe I mean, I, I sometimes it, it, things like that can can make a difference. You, you slightly the fact that draws in the game, the fact that you have to think a little bit more about how you you, you use your bowlers because of course you you know it's not the same. You don't have to use the same number of bowlers. Maybe that will play to their advantage because there's too much going on that sounds positive at Ealing Trailfinders for them to to stay where they are in the table for um you know for, for too long. Talking about last season, now I'd be very intrigued to get your thoughts on on, on division um, division three as well, because f- from where we're standing, Wickham House are looking looking pretty strong, um, and and they were one of the sides that, that that came down last season. So I guess you probably don't know that much about them because you're past cross. But what about the rest of division three? What what would you um, advise us to look out for there? I think uh, I'm a bit surprised at where Actonians are. Uh, I think they had about 105 points even last year. They finished fourth in the table, but they still crossed the 100-point mark. And I think so far they're kind of 
on 19. So I'm a bit surprised at, at their performance. Yeah. I thought they would be kind of competing for the top two uh, spots there. Kenton are a fantastic side as well. I uh, think they are think they are good enough uh, to be in that top two, kind of constantly uh, be there. I think they lost to Wickham House uh, a week before. Uh, and I think that's the difference between the two sides. Whoever won would have been on top now. Uh, I think a couple of other teams, I would say, I think SKLPC have, during the COVID year, I think they won the league. Uh, but of course, there were no promotion relegations, so we didn't talk much about it. Uh, but they're also a fairly decent side who will kind of be in comfortably top half of the table. So I guess these are the teams um, who would be up and about. Uh, Stoke Newington have got some great youngsters in their, in their setup. Um, I think most of them are you know, in, in, in their in their early 20s, if not more. Um, some really good skills there. And I'm sure once they, you know, start uh, gelling as a team, every season is different from the other. So once they start coming together, I'm sure they would also be competing to be in the top half of the table. Yeah. And did you play Tower Hamlets last year or did they come up? No, we, they were there in that league. They were there. And they're third at the moment. So, so I... I that caught me a little bit by surprise, but that's largely because I don't know that much about them, I guess. But um, but is that something you would have predicted? Town Hamlet's up there sort of jostling with Kenton and Wickham? Not. I w- I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I know a couple of them, so I'm happy for, for, for them and their performances so far. But uh, I think they finished ninth in the table last year, so their name wouldn't have been on top of our mind during going into the season. Uh, but, I mean, I think they have won four out of their first six games, so things seem to be going well for them. Yep. Yeah, cricket, strange old game, as they say, uh, full of surprises. Um, and in terms of this week's results, um, Sal, uh, anything that caught your eye in particular there? Uh, Wickham House won, we, we saw that, and they carry on uh, um, ploughing ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Hamza Khan in some runs, captain, um, eight six at a runner ball. Um, yeah, scored two six eight for nine and 50 overs, uh, London Tigers. Minus our good man, Sammy Hyder, so we can't report back on anything he can speak, so he wasn't playing. I hope he's not injured. I, I, oh please! I mean, I that could be a that. season if he's injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure, actually, Everin. I think he played with you guys didn't he? two years ago. Was he there when he signed yeah. for Harrowtown? Yeah, Sammy he was part of Harrowtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no games for Sam this weekend. Um, hoping he's not injured. Touch wood. I'm doing that right now. Um, yes, yeah, so the Tigers fell short. One eight six all out. So another good win for uh, Wickham House, who, as, as we mentioned in the past, keep keep moving on, keep plan on. 54 points and, and top the table. So they'll be delighted in that sort of return so far. And Hamza actually, the date got even better and better. He took 5 for 87. So a good day all round for the captain of Wickham House. I was joking um, with Hamza about that actually. Uh, I, so I had some correspondence with him this afternoon. Hamza's now got exactly the same league average in, with the ball as Sammy Hyder. He's, he, they both average, I think it's 19.2 per wicket. Of course, Hamza, you know, Hamza bowls. Uh, but he hasn't been bowling at all frequently because um, because he's been injured. Um, but there's, there's just a 592 league wickets difference between them um, in terms of wickets taken, but they have exactly the same average of 19.2. So if I was Hamza, I'd roll with that one because Sammy Hyder has taken an awful lot of wickets in this league, 600 plus. He is the leading wicket taker in, in modern times. So, so yeah, good day for, for Wickham House. Um, not so good elsewhere. Ali Pally were beaten by Ealing Hanwellians, who who were and still are bottom. Got to be one of the shock results of the day, I guess. And most most definitely. I mean, eighty eight all out, and they've got one of the, you know the most talented and free scoring batsmen in the whole league. I would say in Sean Gomez. So yeah. that's definitely a bit of a surprise in that, in terms of that result. Um, yeah, I mean, 80, 90, 88 all out, and the Hanwellians 
got to a score within 14 overs, so that was an early finish for for his umpire in those games. And uh, some of the players must have been obviously uh, um, quite like to get an early, early finish and um, just sit in the bar afterwards maybe and have a good time. But looking at this card right now, I mean, Gomez actually scored 27 of the 88 runs that are scored. So, like, what, 25% of the total are down to him. Um, so maybe there is issues with the depth in their batting once he's out. You know, are there other players who can contribute? And if that's a case where he does get out quite early, are Ali Paddy a bit vulnerable? Jimmy Abbott, the skipper, said that earlier to me earlier today, Sal. He says, in a way, it's a bit of a wake-up call because if he doesn't get runs, somebody else has got to and it's not really been happening in the way they might might like. So perhaps perhaps it's no bad thing to get to get this sort of defeat in the system um, to channel the mind and make sure the batting improves a bit moving forward. Yeah, I'm interested because, I mean, Sean Gomez is a player we, we speak about quite highly on a lot on this podcast and, you know, from all accounts, he could easily be playing a higher level. I'm arrogant for you. You came across him last week, right? No, I think um, Alexander Park came up and we didn't... Yeah, OK. That's fine. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. So, But I think Ali Pali was still a side to look out for. But and, and I do also think there's something in being beaten in that sort of way in the middle of a season that can be helpful. Um, I remember North Mid once um, uh, that they lost pretty poorly against us. And uh, speaking to a couple of the North Mid guys, they said it was like it really was a cold shower. So come on, guys, you know, we, we win most games of cricket, but we're not we're not guaranteed to if we don't turn up. So you can almost use it as a positive in the great scheme of things uh, to learn a few lessons. I think um, you don't want to peak too quickly in a tournament like ours, which eight, eight in games is a lot of time. Uh, and, and you don't want to peak. Too early or too late, where there's nothing much that can be done. So these kind of games would probably help the players come back and and train more harder, apply themselves more harder. So it could work in hindsight to their favor. But at the moment, I can see them kind of kicking themselves and you know in disbelief, I guess, that how could we get 88 all out? So yeah, yeah. what were we doing? What were we doing? Well, I mean, what were we doing might be said about Actonians as well, because they, they did they did lose against Kenton, as, as you said, Arab, and Kenton, a very good side, Actonians struggling a bit. They also got deducted a point, Sal, and I haven't seen this one elsewhere this season, for um, for being unable to supply enough spare balls. This is a new one. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing that young players will speak to the captain before the game starts and say, have you got a supply of spare balls? I'm not sure how many balls were lost um, in this game. But yeah, it seems like uh, they've been taken, the points been taken off. So something for their captain to think about in the future in regards to having sports, some spare balls, really. It is worth knowing. It's not one that I really think of because we take it for granted at Twickenham because we're on a village green and balls go everywhere and then get run over by buses and goodness knows what. But um, but I, I can imagine they get a, a, some some places you wouldn't really think about it. You just assume that two or three balls might be enough. But you've got to have a set number, Sal, haven't you? Is that right? You've got a six or seven? Is that right? A box of balls? I mean, there's a box of balls, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suitable balls to replace, we replace during the game when it's taking place. Go on. Arvind, no, I think it's on four new balls and six pair balls is, is kind of the... Yeah. yeah. And in the top flight, if you're playing um, uh, with pink balls, they've got to be pink. So, yeah, and, and getting loads of pink spare balls is not always the easiest thing in the world because you don't play, you know, that much pink ball pink ball cricket. So, so yeah, that, that was an odd one, I thought. And, and, and Actonians... I mean, I think Robbo said to us that none of the four Actonian sides have been promoted or relegated at any point in the last 10 years. It's a phenomenal statistic, really. They've been in the same division all the time. So, um, yeah, he might want that stat to end, but he won't want it to end by them going down. Um, so so they, they've got to, I think, um, 
I think channel channel their channel their minds and get a bit more practice in maybe and um, and start again. Um, Just on that point about the ball down very quickly. I mean, yes. Jones is quite a good ground for finding balls though because they've got net in and they've got that sign path haven't they come through. So yeah. I'm thinking it must have been one of the four sixes that were hit um, by Ashish Carrier that could have led to the ball going missing. Um, well, I wasn't sure if they didn't have the balls at the beginning or okay. if they. If the balls were then lost and they found that they didn't have enough, that, that yeah, wasn't good point, yeah, to find yeah, out, yeah. but it wasn't totally yeah. sure what what the context was there. But yeah, good good ground to play at as well. Actonians always enjoyed playing there. Um, yeah. So now we move into Division Four. Now, um, if there's one game where everything under the sun happened on Saturday, it was in Division Four and it involved Lanka Lions. Sal, where, where do we even begin with this one? Remarkable, isn't it? You know, when you messaged me and said to me, "Look, look at the scorecard," it was quite unruly, isn't it? I mean. Um, they have a player here called um, Salia Simon or Simon, which I pronounce, and 201 out of 234 is, I mean, I don't know what the percentage for that works out in terms of numbers of runs scored compared to what he got, um, but it's got to be up there, hasn't it? As one of the most it's crazy, you know, yeah. highest we've seen in this league for ages. Um, I actually did some digging, I did a bit of maths after as well, I think I texted to say so as well. In terms of that game itself, so. Um, when it comes to the runs that were scored, so he scored 201. I'm not sure how many balls it took. I think it was less than 200. Strike rate was pretty high. Um, the rest of the side who batted that day um, didn't exactly help him do too much. When they So the other 10 bats who batted scored 28 runs in 24 overs. So he's done an amazing job to get that total by himself almost. Well, can I be positive, right? There weren't many wides. No, exactly. <laughs> the plague of wides we've had earlier in the season. It sounds like, um, yeah, West Harrow did at least bowl pretty straight. Although, um, or, or, or he's hitting them all. Even if it was going uh, away, he's still hitting it. You know, that could be the case. Yeah. When you're seeing it like a beach ball, I guess you don't care how wide it is, do you? you just move and whack it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, we did a bit of digging on, on his background, and he's, um, it looks like he's played some serious cricket. Um, it, it, you know, we, we found a link. Uh, um, on the SPN website, it says he's uh, you know he's played a lot of first class cricket in Sri Lanka over 100 games, um, and therefore we shouldn't be too surprised that he's that he's making a big impact in in Division Four. I mean, he hasn't made that bigger impact yet. I mean, if you look at his stats, the, 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 no great sort of story to be told there. But it of course all changed this week with that that phenomenal um, double hundred. He then took five for 26, didn't he, Sal? Um, before. Yeah. The positive story changed for Lanka Lions. Now we don't we don't know too much about this, other than uh, there's been um, a report put in by an umpire of um, what the umpire has described as a level four offence. Now, um, Sal, you know much more about this than me, but a level of level four offence would be what exactly? I mean, it's, I mean, it's serious. You know, is it as serious as it can get? Is there a level yeah. five? No, oh. this is it. This is where it goes to. You know, mm-hmm. there isn't anything beyond this, and it's quite. Sad, actually, to say that it's happened in our league. I'm sure we've had a pretty good record in the past with these kind of incidents really taking place. Um, so, you know, we don't, as Dan mentioned, we don't know the falls in and outs or that's yeah. happened, but um, some of the actions that could take place under this are threatening to assault an umpire, um, making inappropriate deliberate physical contact with an umpire, or physics causing a play on another person, or committing any act of violence. So it does sound there was some kind of physical potentially made or again yes. it, we're kind of guessing area I'm not going to actually too much into detail about that really actually but yeah it's it, it, it's, 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 it's as you know, tough as it gets in terms of sanctions that will take place 
I think the sanctions are very much down to the league to decide what is appropriate on this one. It could be a lot, as you say. Um, there's oh, a hearing, yeah, yeah later yeah, this fun. week, um, where where the um, you know the player will be will be asked to explain what's happened, and, and um, uh, I think I think all we know is there's been some sort of threats made against the umpire. We don't know what that means, uh, and, and of course this is alleged at the moment. We, we weren't there; we, we can't tell. No. But the hearing is going to get to the bottom of this, and and I guess the, the decision we'll put on the MCCL website, right? Yeah, I mean, Nick's very good about publicising anything that's taking place regarding discipline, so that should be, I imagine once the hearing's completed and they've adjudicated on the decision, they'll, they'll be posted. But as I said, you know, I'll, I'll be looking definitely, you know, if he is guilty of the offence, um, I wouldn't be, you know, you're looking at least, I don't want to say actually, but you're looking at you know, a few games where you're not playing cricket at the weekend and you're going to Ikea maybe instead. Yeah. Crikey, there's a thought. Ikea and home base on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, so if there's, if, there's a, if, if there's a reason not to commit any offences, just think of going to Ikea instead for the weekends. That'd be enough to put you off from misbehaving. But, I mean, you're right. You won't be playing much more cricket this season if, if that gets upheld. But we'll report back on what, what happens there. But it's sad to be even talking about level four offences because they're almost as serious as it gets in, in, in the cricket in world. Elsewhere in that division, um, K-plus are top, aren't they? They'd be old eyes, if I, if I remember rightly. Yeah, there was some, there was some low scoring games around this weekend, and that's another example one where um, K plus who are top beat all those um, K plus one nine three, and then all eyes one three seven all out. Um, must mention uh, fantastic knock from the number ten, Belgian mm-hmm. De Singh scored seventy seven um, as they went from ninety for eight to one nine three all out. So you know, excellent work from Belgian De to what is potentially match winning innings really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that that's the type of knock that I always used to find utterly dispiriting. You know, 90 for eight, and then they basically put on over 100 runs for the last two. I mean, if they'd have been 180 for six, 190 all out, I, I would have, wouldn't have, it'd have been fine. But oh, it can be so soul destroying when number 10 does something like that. Yeah, that's just going to kill you, isn't it? Completely, isn't it? And that's the thing you talk about the toss, didn't you? About, you know, back and first, back and second. That's kind of one where you are. Boyd and looking at we're going to chase under 100 potentially and then, then looking at 139 all out and the heads are down and it's up to the captain to jay one up again isn't it really absolutely and, and it happens you've got to deal with it but it just feels so different you know how you get to 193 can make so much of a difference as to how you then go and chase it and um of course old eyes never really got going 137 all out so um so 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 yeah uh k plus got home uh, uh well there another result in that division that caught my I was um, for Headstone Manor, um, folks. They're, they're no longer no longer bottom. Um, they'll be pretty pleased with um, you know with with, with their win, um, and, and they uh, you know they scored two hundred and forty runs, which which uh, is pretty impressive when you're at the bottom of the table. You know they put a good score on there. Um, Arjun Sarwant got uh, got got sixty seven, and I think you know I think that they'll be they'll be pleased to have you know really made made an impact on that one. Uh, and particularly because North London Muslims are one of the sides that are down, down there with them. So they're now level with North London Muslims on 22 um, and, you know, uh, uh, looking up in a more positive vein than they probably were this time um, this time last week. Um, if we move into Division 5, um, various bits going on in Division 5, as always. Um, Again, that caught my eye, um, and often these games catch my eye, the ones with Swami Bapa. And it's because they're generally ridiculously close. And th- it, same old story this week. Um, London Sportive were top. They were 50 points from uh, um, from a possible 
uh, 50, um, but they lost to Swami Bapper. And the scores were 189 for London Sportif and then 190 for nine for Swami Bapper. And I tried to sort of look, look into the background of this and um, no one really went big for Swami Bapper. You know, you, you, you generally hope that a batter would score 50 or more if you're going to get 190. They had six scores of 20 or above. Um, but they were still behind the rate uh, in terms of, you know, you know, losing wickets a bit quickly. So the last three wickets um, that they needed to put on basically 50 if they were going to win, um, they, they dug in, they battled on and it got to the last over. They had two wickets left and they needed six to win. Um, so it's, it's sounding a bit like a limited overs game. But of course, you've also got a draw in the equation as, as well. Uh, they lost a wicket along the way and they needed two off the final ball. Uh, the number 11 comes in, um, Salesh Pindolia. It's, his, it's the first ball he faces. He needs two to win the game. They need one to draw the game, because of course it wouldn't have been a tie because they weren't bowled out. Um, or if they scored one and then he was run out, it would have been a tie. So all sorts of you know, four different outcomes possible. Um, and so I hear the man has nerves of steel. He stood there, nice little late cut, just back with a gully, two runs. Thanks very much. Face one ball, hit two runs, game one, bat under the shoulder, away we go, um, celebrate a, a great victory. So I don't care how good or bad you're supposed to be, that's the way cricket should be played. What a fantastic way of um, of, of winning a game. Now, that, that means that they're third Swami Bapper, so they're, they're, they're very much in the uh, promotion mix. Um, at the bottom... Poor old Ealing Three Bridges, still on four points. So they're, they're, they're struggling gamey. They lost a pretty close one this time, though, to New Caledonians, 199 v 183. So it's not all, all doom and gloom for them, but four points, six games, you know, that, that that's not a great story. They'll, they'll be looking to to try and get back uh, or get into the saddle um, pretty pretty quickly. Uh, Adam, have you played against many of the sides that we, we've name-checked there, or is that is that is that not a, a part of the league you know well? No. No, I, I probably don't know this league very well. Well, I mean, I must admit, I, one of the things I enjoyed last year about the, the grounds challenge that I did with, with Matt Robinson and Matt Tony, we went to every ground in Middlesex on one day, including Harrowtown. I remember popping up at Harrowtown. Yeah. Um, is I got to see a little bit of the cricket that I just would never normally see. So it, it, it was quite interesting watching watching some of these these sides play. But I'd still be lying if I said I knew knew a great deal about them. Um, Division six, you're a resident Division six expert, Sal. What happened there this week? I'm expert on wide just about every day. I'm not going to go into the wide <laughs> count. Um, I, I did check it, but I'm not going to go into it. It's, it's still um, touching sort of quite high numbers in some of the games, but we'll leave, leave that one now. We've discussed that many, many times in, in the past. Um, so, Youth Wing, they, they're still top. Um, they're top. Beating, yeah, you beating United Sporting Club by four wickets. Um, chasing down their total 149 for loss of six wickets. So, yeah, and Sachin Dadania scored 69. Um, and but close on the hills are Harry Millennium, who are one point behind with uh, um, beating Bahani again um, in a quite low scoring game. So um, Bahani scored 194, and Harry Millennium chased it down for the loss of six wickets. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that division is also, if you look at the table, it, it's a pretty ugly bottom of the table because you've yeah. got Stallions on minus 30 points, and we talked about that last week. That's what happens when you play somebody. Under a um, under a false name and get caught, you're going to get you're going to get um, shafted with lots of uh, points uh, deducted. But Tamil United have also got none, and CRS Cardinals got three. Right, so there's a few teams having tough times of it down there. Yeah, it's not easy. But I mean, as you said, standards are adrift, aren't they? Minus thirty at the moment, so they need to do. It. And then on Saturday, I think they only had ten players, so it doesn't seem to be um, 
sort of the healthy situation within their club with the point deduction, conceding the game last week, and then not having eleven players this weekend. Yeah, tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, fingers crossed they can um, that they can pick up as the weeks go on. So, where does that leave us in terms of in terms of teams that have uh, won every game? Now we can think of one, Harry Town in Division Two, but how many other ones have we got left uh, standing there, Sam? So, Bron, you know, fantastic start. We mentioned seven out, sorry, um, six out of six uh, in in Div One. Uh, Finchley. No, that's the only two that we have with one. First um, in cricket, yeah. Yeah, then going to um, um, second level or second tier cricket, second level cricket, Finchley second team on 61 points. Um, and then we have K plus second level in Div 5, who also have 40 and 40. Um, and London Tigers second level in Div 5, who have 42 from 40. So um, they're doing a great job so far. And then we come to innings for 11 in, in, in playing Prem. Um, great start for those guys, 62 points. And then Brentford for 11 in who play in Division 4 also have a 60 from 60. Yep, spot on. And it's worth mentioning that K plus 2s and London Tigers 2s are playing in a division where they've only played four games so far this season because of the number of teams in that division. But they're still unbeaten. And we're asking for teams that are unbeaten. So we've we've drifted from 9 to 7. Um, and it's it's our event is between you and Bronsbury as to who can, who can keep this going... Uh, we, we, we have a game against Indian Gymkhana, so we're playing away, so it'll be a good game to watch. Yeah, Indian Gymkhana, I find was quite a tough place to play, actually. But I think they were, they, I'd love to know what the stats are on this, but I suspect they're much better at home than they are away. Well, not hopefully not on this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what this week brings, won't we? Yeah, yeah. And they always do a fantastic curry for dinner, for, for, for tea. So, um, tea, yeah, yeah. Always something to, to enjoy. Um, and the highest and lowest scores, Sal. Um, not a great week for low scores, but there were certainly quite a lot of runs about, right? Yeah, so we touched on the high score. Um, Richmond posted 3 3 1 for 7 against Stanmore. Um, and again, we spoke about the, the low scores of Ali Pally all out for 88, and that's the first seven. In terms of the, in the league itself, Richmond take that accolade this week, so they're 3 3 1 for 7. It's the highest score score in the league itself in all in all 11s. And the lowest score actually featured on my club, more one of my 11s at North London. So. Um, our fifth eleven played against North London Muslims, um, yep. bowled up sixty four, and we got a full loss of two wickets. Yep. So sixty four out was the lowest score in the league, which is a pretty again a pretty high lowest score across all the league. That's all of the tiers, all of the first four, second, third, fourth, fifths, and sixes that are out there now. Sixty four all out was the lowest score. Um, I did notice as well North London Muslims were played five one five before that, Sal. So something went wrong. Yeah, so we, we had a good day at the office that day, so I'm sure the fifth eleven were pretty pleased to, you know, make us uh, the first team to beat in the season. Yeah. I'm also if, if my memory serves me rightly, I think that the lowest score last week in first eleven cricket was by Lanka Lions. Can't remember exactly the details off the top of my head, but obviously they had a slightly better this week week this week as we've just been touching on with uh, uh, one of their players scoring that double hundred. So it's amazing how quickly these things can um, can be turned around. It's also given that it's time cricket. We, we, last year, we always tried to look for, for particular instances of where a side dug in. Things were going wrong. Um, the, the win and the winning draw were out of the equation. So we were looking for, for rear guard actions of quite some uh, um, stature. And there weren't any classics of the genre this this time round, this week. Last year, I remember one where a side batted 45 overs for 47 runs. We're not quite in that territory, but I think Brentham 4s deserve a bit of a mention. They were getting a bit of a bit of a beating against West Harrow 3s, chasing 220, and they, they shut up shot with 93 for 8. 
to gain themselves a point. So that that's that, that's the, the, the strongest dig in of the day that we could find. Uh, no doubt that will be beaten in, in weeks to come as other sides take the strain when things are going against them. Um, Sal, anything else going on we need to know about? Um, club conference stuff, maybe? Yeah, just before we move on to that, so I've just checked my notes regarding the, the point deduction that sort of takes oh, yeah. to go to games. Um, so so, so the, the, the league regs um, actually asked for four balls, which are um, four spare balls with varying degrees of, of wear. So that's anyone listening out there who's a captain or involved that's in these or that side, that you need to have four balls of varying degree of, of wear, which are checked before the game starts by the umpire. So um, please make sure you have that if you haven't maybe done it in the past. Because it does say you do get a warning on here. So, um, yeah. That's that's that clears that up. Yeah, so into onto cup the cup news. Club conference took place this weekend. Um acting through via walkover into Montreal Hill. Um Southampton out beaten by Walsall and Thames. And Stan went to Brentwood probably thinking this could be quite a nice game. They might play through their second level and third level players. No. They pulled in Chris Green, who's Middlesex overseas, T twenty player of the season from Australia, played a lot of franchise cricket all over the world. And he played. He, he rocks up and scored hundred twenty five. Ah. Um, Stanmore unfortunately nice. um, came across him and he could be featured next week against, against um, Northwind Internationals Northwind played Brentwood in the Group 14 final next week which is up in Kent Park for, um, so Northwind have a home tie and they could be playing Chris Green they could be playing against Chris, without Chris Green Brentwood so I'm sure they prefer the latter and then in the Group 11 um, final with Aston Rowan who are hosting Richmond so two sides left we will be you know behind them hoping they can get through and um, go to the next stage which will be the national stage so you're in the final 16 after this if I'm correct yeah. interesting yeah. interesting stuff and the weather as we said at the beginning the weather is set fair so it, it could well be a couple of interesting games there um, before we wrap up Aaron I was going to ask you a question early on that I forgot but I'm going to ask it anyway right so in division two if I can ask you one team that's going to go up and obviously take Harrowtown out of the equation here, just because I can't ask you what Harrowtown is going to do. That's not fair. Um, who, who, give me the name of one team you think ultimately will finish uh, in a promotion slot. I would, at the moment, I'm not, see... I'm not going to hold you to it forevermore, don't worry, but I'm just intrigued to see who you go for. <laughs> I would say Okay. okay. And when do you play them in the cycle? Oh, you we, played them this week? We played them last week, so we play yeah. them later, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, keep an eye out for that one, Sal. It, I, the reason I ask is Sal and I traditionally make these predictions in week one, and they're normally pretty rubbish. So, um, so we want to drag other people in. <laughs> I'm actually doing okay because I backed Harrod. I said Harrod's turn. So, you know, <laughs> Harrod, don't let me down, mate. Pressure's on yep. to make sure I come up. But then on the flip side, I backed Stallions as well. I didn't say when I say back, I said they should go up. So that's totally gone out the window. That one. So yeah, they definitely ain't going anywhere. I, mean, yeah, I, I went through the twelve finals in Division Two. So yeah. um, you know, I, I think whatever happens, you're going to be above me in in that one. Yeah. So there we go. Good stuff, um, Aravin. Thanks for coming on board. It's been fascinating chatting to you. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get you back um, towards the end of the season as well to find uh, find out how, how things are going. Then, um, either of you guys fancy to, uh, any final words that the uh, listeners need to hear? No, I am done. We're all good. good. Okay. Well, Sal and I will we'll reconvene next week. And best of luck at the weekend, Aravind. And um, we'll speak to everyone soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming out, Aravind. Cheers, Bo. Thank you. Thanks.